the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Good Monday to you, everyone. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you had a good weekend. If you divide your life between macro and micro, you could probably do better at this time. It's meant completely seriously if you allow what is happening to America, to America, by Americans, I might add, uh, to ruin your life, then you'll have a ruined life. You have to fight and live as happy a life personally as possible. We lose if we get depressed. Just remember that. So my old theory that it's a moral obligation to pursue happiness uh, is validated on a very large scale here. Well, let's see. So they had some bad fires in Greece. Michael Schellenberger, who is a truth seeker, tweets out, or shall we say X is out? What, what, what is the current? It's still tweeting, correct? No. But it's, what, well then what do you say? Posting. Really? I think so. I think that's the term. He posted on X? That's the way you would now say it? I think so. He posted on X. The media said climate change, not arson, was behind the fires at Greece. They lied. So you know, you don't know. I'm telling you, I keep a file of left-wing lies, and they are so much more numerous and so much more significant than the lies attributed to Donald Trump. There's no comparison. As I said on Bill Maher four years ago, the lie of systemic racism outside of the left is, uh, is... there's nothing comparable to the lie that men menstruate, to it, at which, of course, I was laughed at by Bill Maher, the entire panel on stage, and the entire audience. They had not yet gotten the message that if you're on the left, if you're progressive, you say men menstruate. The media said climate change, not arson, was behind the fires in Greece. They lied. They have egg on their face. Now that 160 people have been arrested for arson. So he juxtaposes two articles here. From, this is the beauty, I got to hand it to him, CNN. Did you see, Did you catch that? They're both from CNN. Yeah. CNN, August 12th. Why wildfires happen? Debunking the myth that arson is to blame more than climate change. CNN, August 25th, that's, let's see, 13 days later, 
Greek police arrest dozens for arson as EU's largest ever wildfires rage. You know what one of the favorite left-wing words is? Debunked. (laughs) Discredited and debunked. Yeah, it was the debunked theory that ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine with zinc work. Debunked. Really? I I, I checked all of that stuff. Seems to me that what was debunked was the statement that a doctor who prescribes it for an early-stage COVID uh, should have their license removed. That is, a, that is a, in fact, what has been debunked. Here's another, and here's another juxtaposition that he has. Also CNN. This is precious. i got to salute the guy. Ready? CNN 2018, April 18th. Global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef, study says. Another, another one. I, 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 gotta, I gotta write this all down. Th- these are gems. The words that tell me that I'm probably going to uh, encounter a lie. <laughs> so here's, study says... My dear friends, there is nothing that you cannot say a study says about, or to be better in my English, about which you cannot say a study says, or how about this, critics say. that You know how often I encounter that? Critics say. Yeah, of course. Is there anything that doesn't have critics? Or, of course, the holy grail, experts say. So again, global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef, study says, CNN, 1919, 2018, and now 2022, last August, parts of Great Barrier Reef record highest amount of coral in 36 years. Did you catch that one? Did you see that post on X? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. We live in a fake, this fake world. Talking about ivermectin, I think I brought this to your attention, but maybe I didn't. This is in Epic Times, which is terrific. Most intensive in ivermectin use had 74% reduction in excess deaths in Peru. Okay. Is that true or is it not true? Wouldn't you say that that was a a significant thing to behold? Uh, We move on to one of my favorite stories of, of the weekend. You have to have a dark sense of humor, obviously. So let's see here. Yale students, did you catch this one? Yale students got a terrifying message from the campus police. Did you send that to me? No. No. He's always surprised when I actually discover an article he didn't send. I don't blame him, incidentally. Yale students got a terrifying message from the campus police. This is the New York Times. 
there was anger after the campus police union, which is negotiating a contract, shared a safety flyer with a picture of the Grim Reaper on it. (laughs) But the gem on this article are comments from New York Times readers, the only people who were allowed to comment are New York Times subscribers. But I'll get to that. Andre Faoso, it's F-A apostrophe A-O-S-O, an incoming first-year student at Yale, has been, had been in the United States for 12 days. He arrived from New Zealand on his own three suitcases in tow. As he pulled his luggage through downtown New Haven, Connecticut, a woman handed him a flyer describing his new city as crime-ridden and dangerous. So the beauty of what you're about to hear is the denial of reality that is like the denial of two sexes. The denial of reality that is central to left-wing thinking. Why would anybody hand anyone a flyer saying that New Haven was dangerous? Oh my God, how silly. It listed alarming local crime statistics and instructed students to, quote, remain on campus, avoid public transportation, and stay off the streets after 8 p.m. How many editors of the New York Times would walk around New Haven alone after 8 p.m.? Is that a legitimate question? Particularly women. Illustrated with a picture of the Grim Grim Reaper, the flyer with students an ominous, good luck. But perhaps most jarring was the source of the flyer, listed plainly in its text, the union that represents Yale's own campus police. In the days since the union distributed the survival guide, quote-unquote, leaflets, Yale administrators and police officials have been scrambling to calm first-year students and their parents. Anthony Campbell, the chief of the Yale Police Department, said the leaflets wrongly painted New Hampshire as a war zone. I am extremely hurt and sad and disgusted by the actions taken by the Yale Police Benevolent Association, the police union said. Mr. Campbell, who once led the New Haven Police Department, said, I think it is divisive. Oh, yes, divisive. Another one, I have to write this. These these are critical. Divisive. Divisive means we don't agree with it. That is all divisive means. They can be as divisive as they want, right? They can bring in drag queens for your kids, but that's not divisive. This summer, you could certainly spend thousands of dollars on planes, hotels, and tourist locations. Or you can spend less money on a beautiful garden that will give you years of pleasure with FastGrowingTrees.com. FastGrowingTrees.com has thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties expertly curated for your unique climate and needs. From Meyer lemons to evergreens to shade trees and everything in between. Don't have to wait in long lines. Your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. No green thumb, no problem. Fast-growing trees experts are just a Zoom chat or phone call away. My wife is the green thumb of the house. 
She loves FastGrowingTrees.com. We endorse this enthusiastically. Join almost 2 million happy fast-growing tree customers. Go to FastGrowingTrees.com slash Prager to get 15% off your entire order. That's 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com slash Prager. call on you. This is a f- fascinating story. So the New, the New Haven Police Department is very angry at the Yale Police, I guess, or, or who exactly put this out? One second. Yeah, the Yale's own campus police has put out a little brochure or a piece of paper that it gives students as they arrive in New Haven. You should be careful. It's dangerous, New Haven. Don't go out after 8 p.m., etc. I think it's divisive and destructive for any police officer to disparage the city in which they work. This is what Mr. Campbell, the chief of the Yale Police Department. So I don't understand something. What's the difference between the Yale Police Department and the Yale Police? I don't, this is very strange. I mean, let me see. Oh, the union. I'm sorry. It's the he, okay. The the head of the Yale Police Department is angry at the Yale Police Union. Get it? Is that clear to everybody? The union set, put out this brochure. So, what kind of statement is that? I think it divisive and destructive for any police officer to disparage the city in which they work. Oh, so you would like police to lie about New Haven safety. That is what you, the head of the police, do you, under, do you understand how deep the rot in America is? That even the head of a police department would deny that how dangerous their own city is because that's the woke thing to do. The left doesn't want it said. You lie because you're on the left. That's it. So who do you think is telling the truth? I will continue the article. I note, by the way, the article comes from a left-wing source, the New York Times. The police union fly reported that murders have doubled, burglaries are up 33%, and motor vehicles theft are up 56% in the first seven months of the year. Okay, so let's hold that for a moment. Again, murders doubled. Burglaries, 33%. Motor vehicle thefts, thefts, 56% increase. Just in the first seven months of the year. That's January through July, for those of you who went to college. Now, why is that divisive and disparaging to note that? Do you know how serious that is? Murders have doubled? So how does the New York Times, which is woke, how does the New York Times and how does, does the liar uh, at the uh, Yale Police Department deny this? That's pretty important. No, no. The numbers are accurate. <laughs> this is the next line of the New York Times. This, did you see this piece? This is pr- priceless. <laughs> the numbers are accurate. But Mayor Justin Elliker called them cherry-picked and misleading. I'm telling you, I've entered the twilight zone. Cherry-picked. I think murder 
is worth cherry picking. If I wouldn't you say the first thing you think about with regard to violent crime in a city is the murder rate? Just out of curiosity, the mayor, who is of course a leftist, called them cherry picked and misleading. He noted that violent crime has actually decreased by 29.2% since 2020. Wait a minute. But wasn't the data based on last year, not 2020? So please note what the mayor has done. He's changed the year of comparison, and he has said violent crime. He doesn't deny murders, vehicle thefts, and burglaries. By the way, what's left? So I'm not, no, I'm not kidding. What, what, uh, rape. Has rape gone down? I don't know what, if they, did they, did they put out rape statistics? Other than rape, what is left? Burglary, car theft, and murder. Although homicides are up, the number of shootings has come down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there you go. Does it, shouldn't that calm a Yale student? Hey, I have less chance of being shot. Yes, I have twice the chance of being murdered, but less chance of being shot. Do you understand how the left lies? I don't know if the New York Times, by the way, see, they didn't put this in quotes. This is the New York Times speaking too, but it doesn't matter. Overall, over the past three years or so, crime is down, he said, adding, while the actual numbers may be accurate, they don't present the full picture of what's going on. My dear listener, why is that not a pretty full picture? How's that? Murder, car theft, and burglary. The flyers strongly resemble pamphlets that public safety officers handed out to travelers arriving in New York City in 1975. <laughs> now, why would they do that in New York in 1975? By the way, it is, do you know, I didn't realize, was that the height of crime in New York City, 75? Alan, would you, would you take a look if that's possible? When did Giuliani get elected? And the only reason I'm asking is that's I moved to California the next year. I was a 20-something-year-old, and I moved to California the next year. Yeah, I was one of the many New Yorkers who could say a big boulder was thrown through the back window of my Peugeot 504. And they took my expensive stereo system in the car. However, that provided me with one of the ten funniest anecdotes of my life. And I believe it was worth it. I'm not sure I have ever told it on the radio, but I will when we return. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream bedsheets. 
These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. Ladies and gentlemen, massive popular demand, Sean will now imitate a canine. The re- okay, thank you. The story is such a perfect microcosm of the world of the lie of the left. But, uh, but it works because they have everybody behind them. I, I, I wish I had more time in life. I, I don't. I don't mean more time to live. Just more time in a day. I would compile, for example, every major paper in the country has attacked PragerU in the last uh, month because Florida will use or will allow to use. Nobody has to use PragerU materials in classrooms. By the way, it's been used in classrooms all over the country anyway, but Florida has actually partnered. Our videos are wholesome. And, and uplifting and truth-telling. And they lie and they lie. I'll give you one lie that many of them used. That just look at the names of their videos. That is pretty you and you'll realize how distorted their approach is. They have a video, Did Slavery Cause the Civil War? They assume that the video denies that slavery was the primary cause of the Civil War. The whole video, given, by the way, by a West Point professor of history, correct? Yes. Is that slavery is the cause of the Civil War. None of them watch our videos. They take, their, they take other left-wing sources, distortions of our videos. Because truth is not a left-wing value. This New Haven story is, is, is terrific. Once again, oh yes, I promised my story. Oh yeah. So the article in the New York Times mentions that there were flyers given to people, just like now in New Haven, to Yale students about how dangerous the city is. That was done in 1975. And I mentioned to you that I moved from New York in 1976. Before I left, there was so much crime, people left the windows of their cars open, even in the winter, so that nobody would smash the window and steal something from the car. They're starting to do that in parts of California, incidentally, as well now. Well, I didn't get the message, and I, my windows were not open, so I discovered one night, it was parked in front of my apartment building in Queens. And sure enough, a big rock had been thrown through my back window. They climbed in and they stole 
the car stereo. And I didn't have uh, much money to say, say the least at that time. But it did lead to the funniest story, one of the funniest of my life. I told the police about the car theft, not the theft of the car, the theft of things in the car. I got a knock on my apartment door. I open it up. It's two policemen. They stand there. They look around at my apartment and then look at me and go, holy, and you add the word, holy S, did they do a job? They thought my apartment had been ransacked. I had to spend about five minutes explaining nothing had happened to my apartment. It looks ransacked because I live in it. In fact, it was the car. It was an embarrassing moment, but I will say I have always believed that almost everything is worth a good story, and it doesn't get better than that one. Holy yes, did they do a job. <laughs> By the way, just for the record, uh, and I was a 20-something-year-old bachelor in an apartment. It was messy, but it was very clean. I just want to, there's a big distinction. I have never lived in a non-clean place. Messy, but very clean? Yes, messy, but very clean. That's right. There are a lot of newspapers around, for example. Hey, folks, you want to help this country? Help PragerU. Whatever you give till Thursday, the end of the month, this is fundraising month for PragerU. It's obvious we're having a huge effect. Aside from the numbers, a billion views a year, mostly young people, look at all the attacks. Ferocious lying and attacking of PragerU by every left-wing medium I am aware of. Please donate. During the break, PragerU.com or call 833-PRAGERU. Whatever you give will be tripled. I am Dennis Prager. This is the ultimate in gaslighting. So get the the point that I'm at. New York Times story. The union of the Yale Police Department, Yale is located in New Haven, Connecticut. The union of the police department hands out flyers warning incoming students of the dangers of New Haven, like don't go out at 8 p.m. Attacked for being divisive and disgusting by the chief of the Yale Police Department. Mind you, I repeat, murders have doubled in in, in the la- in seven months, pe- vis-a-vis seven months of life, doubled. Car thefts up over 50%, and burglaries up 33%, just in seven months. But the, the head of the police union and the mayor of New Haven attacked the union for telling students to watch out. Isn't that amazing? The lying of the left is so pervasive. So listen, you should give you should give college kids the so-called vaccine against COVID. You must give them 
or Yale won't let you to show up. That's dangerous. You must understand the dangers. You can't even come to class for a year. But to tell you that there is danger of being hurt in New Haven, that's not a danger. COVID is a danger. You're 19 years old. Everything about the left is a lie. Because truth is not a left-wing value, so it doesn't matter. They don't ask, there's no voice in a leftist. I'm not talking about liberals. Liberals are weak, but, but they, they, they do believe in truth. But in a leftist, the question, am I telling the truth, doesn't occur to them. Yale's police union is in contract negotiations, although its lawyer, Andrew Matthews, said the flyers were not a tactic in the talks. Instead, he said officers in the union were likely trying to raise awareness about crime in New Haven for some of its newest residents, namely new students at Yale. Mr. Matthews, a former police officer with the Yale Police Department, said the union wanted its pamphlet to stand out amid the deluge of papers that first-year students would receive, and without a doubt, their pamphlet stands out. The town-gown relationship, get it? Town-gown, the city-college relationship has long been fraught between Yale, one of the most selective universities where white students make up the largest demographic, and New Haven, which has long struggled with crime and poverty and is majority black and Hispanic. I'm just curious, dear New York Times, let us say that Yale was majority non-white. Would there be no tension between Yale and the city? The tension is because one is white and one is black? Or is it because one is safe and one is dangerous? Just curious. Students and city residents talk about the Yale bubble. Boy, is that true? By the way, Yale stinks. I have, I can't stand Yale. It, it is a, a dishonesty factory. It is as woke as a university in America gets. But truth is truth. It's dangerous. Jay Gitlin, a history professor who teaches the popular course Yale and America, called it Fortress Yale. Mm-hmm. New Haven is out there, Yale is in here. By the way, is that not true for USC? Wouldn't you say the same thing? University of Southern California, I, uh, this is, I live in, in, in this area of the country. And it is dangerous outside of USC. I don't know if it's as dangerous as New Haven. Around campus on Thursday, few incoming Yale students appeared to accept the police union's message. I thought it was quite alarmist, said Mr. Faoso. This is so interesting. That's why am I reading to you this? It's everything that is wrong is in this one article. I thought it was quite alarmist, said Mr. Faoso, 18. Mr. Faoso lives in New Zealand. How the hell is he supposed to know that it's alarmist? Isn't that amazing? It shows you that he's already been yaleized. He lies. He has no basis to say it's alarmist or not alarmist. 
He's never been to New Haven, except maybe he was for an interview once. How would he know that? Because doctrine, left-wing doctrine, tells him to say this. That's one of the scariest parts of this article, that this 18-year-old New Zealander now registers an opinion on something he knows nothing about. Nothing. Bryce June, an 18-year-old first-year student, said the flyer was tough because he and his classmates were all in a new environment. Yes, it is tough. Although New Haven can be a rough city, the contents on this flyer are misleading, he said. On an Instagram message, how are they misleading? Murder is up 50, uh, 100%, right? Doubled. Is that, was that correct? Doubled in seven months. Burglaries up 33%. Car theft up 56%. So wh- what does that mean? It's misleading. He's, he's another already brainwashed into, I will say what the administration wants me to say, student. I'm sure he thinks that he was he was doing a good thing for himself getting vaccinated with COVID, the COVID vaccine. The leaflets frightened leaflets frightened some students and scared some of their parents to be presented with a flyer that says you're dropping your kids off in a dangerous place must have been really upsetting for some of the families. All of a sudden the left is is caring about upsetting families. It's painful. The whole thing is so fascinating. We'll finish this when we return. Hello, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good weekend. I will go immediately to my guest. She's a physician, an MD in Houston, Dr. Mary Bowden. I have been following her story, which she will tell you for quite some time now, and it'll give you another insight into the state of American medicine, which we'll talk about as well. Dr. Bowden, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Dennis. So right now, are you practicing medicine and beware Yes, I have an active practice, and I'm in Houston, Texas. But on your own. It's a private practice. Yes, I'm a solo physician. Right. And you were at Houston Methodist, is that correct? No, I had privileges there, uh, but as an ear, nose, and throat doctor, I never had to use them. I never stepped foot in that hospital. But since we operate, it's necessary to have a place where we could send a patient in case they were to have a complication from surgery. Where can you send your patients now in Houston? Well, now I don't have hospital privileges. Uh, I looked at other places, but they were all requiring the vaccine. So I have an arrangement with another physician who will accept a, a patient on my behalf should something like that occur. I didn't quite follow the vaccine part. You you are vaccinated, correct? No, I never got the vaccine. Oh, so uh, I I was looking at a what they used to call tweet of yours. I I thought you said you were vaccinated, but your children weren't, or child wasn't. Did I get that no, wrong? No, 
Yeah. Houston Methodist had a vaccine mandate in place, and as part of that, they had physicians sign an attestation that they were intending to get vaccinated, which I did sign because I, I actually did go to the pharmacy and was about to get the shot, and then it was taking so long, I lost my patience and decided to wait. And then as I started seeing all the breakthrough cases and I saw all the complications occurring, I decided not to get it. So is that the genesis of your tension with Houston Methodist? The genesis, well, I was actually collaborating with them. I was sharing my data because I was doing a lot of COVID testing and I was also treating patients with monoclonal antibodies. And what happened was I started seeing breakthrough cases. I brought it to their attention. They dismissed those, those concerns that I had. And then I started, I had a patient come to me who was a bladder cancer patient. She had received a phone call from her urologist at Houston Methodist saying that she was going to need to find another urologist unless she were gonna, was going to get the vaccine. And she called me very distressed because she, you know, did not want to get the vaccine and was being followed for bladder cancer and needed to find a new doctor. So I sent an email to my patients and I didn't post it online. I just sent an email to my patients saying that I was going to start prioritizing seeing only the unvaccinated to, uh, and that wasn't the only situation. I also had a, an outpatient surgery center tell me that I could not operate there without getting the vaccine. And I was also going through a big ordeal with a patient in Dallas who was trying to get ivermectin and the hospital denied my privileges, even though the court had ordered that they give me privileges. So all these things happened at one time. I sent an email to my patient saying going forward, I was going to prioritize seeing the unvaccinated so that these people would have a place to come. And I described why, which included the Methodist patient. And, you know, that got back to Methodist. And they, I was also on Twitter at that time. I didn't have much of a following, but uh, I on one day I tweeted 25 times vaccine mandates are wrong and I included patient testimonials uh, that was 25 times on one day and then a, a few days later Houston Methodist suspended my privileges and the way they did it they they went on Twitter and then I found out through a reporter so I received a text message from a reporter at the Houston Chronicle asking me to verify is it true that your privileges have been suspended I did a double take. I had no idea what they were talking about. And then I went to my email and saw the suspension letter. And it, it wasn't over patient safety or anything like that. It was just for spreading dangerous misinformation. They were alluding specifically to what, ivermectin or the vaccine or both and more? Both. At that time, I was pretty conservative on Twitter. I said things like, ivermectin works and vaccine mandates are wrong. And that was the extent of it. So That was uh, enough for you to lose your privileges at Houston Methodist? Yes. Just saying, saying, forgive me, I just want to review this for for the audience. Just publicly saying ivermectin works, and I'm sorry, what was the second one again? Vaccine mandates are wrong. And vaccine mandates are wrong. So you didn't even come out against the vaccine. No, no. And Houston Methodist was the first hospital in the country to mandate the vaccines. 
they did it before the government. So this was June of 2021. So they prided themselves on this vaccine. And they were basically using me to set an example, uh, put everybody in line, scare other doctors uh, so they wouldn't speak out. Okay, so let's get to some nitty-gritty, uh, whatever you feel free to answer, answer, and if not, not. Why do you think, I mean, there has to be a reason. Is is it the individuals who run Houston Methodist? Why were they the wokest of the woke on this issue? My theory is they chose, that the government chose Houston Methodist on purpose. Houston is home to the largest medical complex in the world, the Texas Medical Center. There are more hospitals concentrated in that area than any other place in the world. And being a Republican state, they were testing the waters to see how the mandate would work. And if they could pull it off in Texas, they could pull it off anywhere. And that's just a theory. I don't have any hard data. I don't have communication information between Houston Methodist and the government, but that's my theory. Yeah, but but Houston Methodist, as you pointed out, initiated the mandate before the government told them to. Right, but they were testing the waters. Who's they? Uh, Who's they? I'm sorry. Who's they? The government. Right. The but, other theory. Yeah, go on. Well, the other theory I have is they did it because when the when everything shut down with COVID, outpatient treatment shut down, outpatient surgery shut down, which is a huge money maker for any hospital. That's what that's the bread and butter that what keeps hospital revenue alive. Interesting. If you shut down outpatient surgery, you you shut down the financial health of the hospital. By mandating the vaccine, they could claim that they were safe and they could reopen those outpatient surgery centers and get that money rolling again. So that's another theory I have. So you lost your privileges there, and if I read correctly, at another Houston hospital, correct? No, they, they put me under suspension, and then I immediately resigned. And that, you, mean, you mean from that, the second hospital? No, from Houston Methodist. Right. No, the second hospital. I, no, I didn't lose privileges anywhere else. Okay, so what is it, why, do I, why did I keep reading? I have to look it up during the break, but it, it's another hospital I'd never heard of that I, I thought you had well, some... Yeah. There is another hospital involved. So basically, I've got two complaints against me from the medical board. One is from Houston Methodist because I resigned while under investigation. And then the second one is from Texas Hughley Hospital yeah, in that's Dallas. A, what, Hughley? Yeah. Is that it? Yes. Yeah, go ahead, please. And that was over the patient I alluded to earlier is a sheriff's deputy, father of six, had been in a coma for over a month, and his wife decided to sue the hospital because they would not allow him to try ivermectin he'd wanted to wait he was in a coma over a month and they would not allow him to try one of the safest drugs on earth exactly exactly that's so disgust- wife- that's disgust that's evil oh it gets worse <laughs> it gets worse um so his wife sued the hospital and she reached out to me to be the expert witness. They needed a doctor willing to write the prescription for him. Uh, so as part of the lawsuit, I mean, I consulted with her. He was in a coma. I couldn't consult with him, obviously. She was his legal proxy. I wrote the prescription for ivermectin. It was submitted with the lawsuit. 
and the judge ruled in our favor and there was a court order saying that they were, the hospital was to grant me privileges and that I was allowed to write the order for ivermectin. They wouldn't allow any of their own nurses to administer it, so I had to find a willing nurse. Cause I, all right, all right, hold it, hold it there. The, the, the story gets worse, obviously. Is there any way people can follow you that you would like to announce? Probably the easiest way is on Twitter or X at MDBreathe. Uh, I also have a substack. Wait, MD what? MD? Breathe. MD Breathe. B-R-E-A-T-H-E. Oh, breathe. Okay, MD Breathe. And while, oh, okay, back in a moment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I have a... The rarest of the humans are courageous humans. I have one on the line or on video if you're watching. Mary Bowden is a Houston physician. Lost her privileges with one of the most, uh, one of the largest and most prestigious hospitals, Houston Methodist. And your story, I'm dying to know the end. I don't know the end of the story with the patient that was, uh, let me review here for me and for my audience. So there was a patient in 2021 and he had been in a coma for a month. Is that correct? Uh, uh, I'm not, is, uh, is the doctor on? Okay. And uh, he was in a coma because of COVID? Yes. Yes. And his wife wanted you to prescribe ivermectin. Yes. And Houston, was he in a coma in Houston Methodist Hospital? No, a different hospital. Hugley? Was it Hugley or yet a third one? No, Texas Hugley. Yeah, Texas Hugley. Texas Hugley would not allow you to prescribe ivermectin or, or didn't care if you did, they would not administer it to the comatose patient. Well, they had to... So the, the wife asked for it initially. I wasn't involved. The wife repeatedly asked. And when they said no, then she sued. And it, as part of that lawsuit, they needed to find a physician willing to prescribe it. I had to get privileges at the hospital. I can't just go into a hospital and write a prescription for somebody. And the court granted me those privileges. But then as soon as the court ruled in our favor, they immediately appealed and before the patient could get any ivermectin, there was a stay on the order. And ultimately, we lost on appeal, and we were never legally allowed to give the patient ivermectin. 
his wife did find a topical version and she brought it in every day and put it on him. The hospital actually wrapped a towel tightly around his feeding tube just to prevent her from trying to sneak any in. And he ultimately did get out of the hospital, but he, his, he had lost so much weight and his physical condition had just deteriorated so much that he ultimately passed away in April of last year. I want to repeat for my listeners the deterioration that I report regularly of, of American medicine. Uh, again, because the left destroys everything it touches and medicine has not been immune. American Medical Association has stated that you should not list the sex of a child at birth any longer on a birth certificate, just to give you an example of how sick American medical associations have become. I won't even begin with the Academy of Pediatrics and what they advocate uh, with regard to trans children. But, But this is amazing. A man is comatose. Ivermectin is on the list of the United Nations safest drugs, the inventor got a Nobel Prize. Is that am I am I right about that for inventing ivermectin? It's yes. uh, that's how good a drug it is. By the way, folks, for the record, I took it for at least half a year. I did not get vaccinated, and I, when I finally got uh, COVID, it was so nothing. I actually did my radio show while I had it. I did it from home because I didn't want to come into the studio for obvious reasons. But I just want to, I also took uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc. They're safe, period. Uh, uh, Peru uh, has proven how safe and, and effective ivermectin is, but we'll, I reported on that. So you, what, what, what were the consequences to you being anti-mandate, pro-ivermectin, etc.? What, what, what happened to you? Well, I was immediately attacked by the media. That was the first thing. It changed my life. I mean, I don't go around Houston now without feeling self-conscious. I have a lot of supporters, but as you know, when you go online, you see how much people are against you as well. I had people sending me threats, you know, calling me all sorts of horrible names. Uh, one of my children didn't get to any private schools, which... You know, I can't prove. I know one of those schools didn't admit him because of me. So that was the first thing. Uh, I lost the privileges with Houston Methodist. Uh, but m- most importantly, I've had three complaints lodged against me on the medical board, two of them by those hospitals. One of them was, you know, the ex-wife where I talked to the dad and prescribed a patient ivermectin just to have on hand. He never even took it and no harm was done. Um, And that case was uh, actually just dismissed, but it took a year and eight months and, you know, an ungodly amount of legal fees to go through that. And, you know, the medical, that's not the purpose of the medical board. Medical board deals with things like substance abuse, uh, sexual misdeeds, patient harm, uh, not the sort of things that they're accusing me of. What are they accusing you of? Well, with Methodist, Houston Methodist, if you resign while under investigation, you are immediately uh, reported to the medical board. But 
when you look at the, the technicalities of it, it's only if patient harm is involved, not for spreading dangerous misinformation. So that's, we have a, a good fight back on that. And then for Texas Hughley Hospital, they're making it sound like I walked into the hospital and started writing orders on the patient's chart. I was working under a court order when I sent that prescription in. So it really doesn't make sense, but they're, they're, they call it unprofessional conduct. I'm going to ask you again, just to give me your opinion. I understand we don't have, I don't even know if it's available to us, uh, any written proof, so to speak. But what is your theory? Why the staggering hostility to two of the safest drugs in the world? At worst, they don't work. And at best, they work. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. When we come back, I'll get an answer from Dr. Bowden. Again, please, how people can find you and contact you. Well, website is breathemd.org. And then on Twitter, I'm at breathe. I'm sorry. I'm at mdbreathe. I uh, also have Substack. Okay. We'll, we'll get that. One of the great, great benefits and joys of my work is that I meet terrific people. There is nothing in life that is more sustaining than meeting good people, what I call fighters. Mary Bowden, MD, is one of them. I just went to her website. It's Breathe MD, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-M-D dot org. So I'd like to read to you a little bit uh, from her website. Optimal Airway Health, so she works on sleep, sinus, and wellness. At BreatheMD, we prioritize our patients over politics. We have no financial ties to hospitals, insurance companies, or the government. Oh my God, one minute. I am uh, I'm secreting endorphins at this moment. The only people we work for are our patients. As experts in respiratory health, we have kept over 5,500 COVID patients out of the hospital. We welcome all ages, don't require masks, don't require vaccines, and don't turn sick people away. And for this, she's hated by the medical community and the sheep who believe them. By the way, how do you have no financial ties to insurance companies? How does that work? Well, I have four children, and I took several years off from working. And when I decided to go back to work, I decided I'm going to do it my way, and I don't want to be tied to insurance companies. And I knew, I mean, financially, I do not do as well, uh, but I'm much happier. So I... It's called direct specialty care. It's like concierge care, but it's more affordable. So all the prices are on the website, and it is a cash-only practice. But we do give patients a receipt with all the codes, and they can get reimbursed by their insurance companies. And I, in, I see a lot of patients who have very high deductibles, so they're functionally uninsured, and it actually saves them money to see me. 
And I also do surgery uh, for a lot of patients that go elsewhere, but they can't afford the other the other option. But my price is more affordable. So what, what, when you say you do surgery, you do have rights in, in, a, in some hospital or outpatient clinic to do surgery? Yes, at an outpatient clinic, outpatient surgery center. Has the Texas Medical Board tried to revoke your license? No. For the two hospital complaints, we had a settlement conference where they offered to drop everything. Uh, All I had to do was pay them $5,000, retake the jurisprudence exam, which is a, a legal test that all physicians in Texas have to take. I've already passed it and then take additional CME hours. I refused that offer, and so now it's going towards a more formal hearing, but it's very transparent and open. CME is continuing medical education, right? Right. Yeah. Have any doctors reached out to give you support? Yes, I have a, I have a pretty large network of like-minded physicians that I communicate with regularly. I, you know, I've not heard from a lot of new people in quite some time. Uh, I already sort of have my posse, and I know who is on my side, and I can just assume from a lot of silence who's not on my side. Why do you think the the hospitals were so adamant about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Because of the vaccine, if if we had adequate treatment, then we couldn't get that vaccine out there. And the vaccine, as we know, is too big to fail. There's no good data showing that it actually works. I've seen it firsthand. And the damage that it's done, I mean, I see patients regularly who suffer from long-term medical problems because of taking that shot. But like I said, if they, if they had a cheap available alternative, then they couldn't get that vaccine out there. And the vaccine, there's too much money, time, ego, pride invested in that. That's right. That's it. You hear, folks? So, folks, let me make this clear because I'm known for clarity. So either Dr. Bowden and I are right and the medical profession has... Uh, hoard itself out to pharmaceutical company profits, or they are right and we are lying to you. There is no other possible option, my dear friends. Okay? We'll be back in a moment. Her website is breathemd.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Welcome to the show named after me. That's right. How do you like that? You can have a show named after you, too, by the way. You can start a podcast. Actually, you do have a show named after you. It's you. I have a theory. I have a theory on a lot of things. As you know, I believe that even the most boring person on the planet would ha- could have in the right hands a fascinating biography written. Do you agree with me? Because you're, you're into autobiographies. Are you going to write your autobiography based on all your journals? You've given talks on writing an autobiography. Well, you'll let me know. I, I, I think you should, just, just to mention it. I was looking at my producer, 
who for reasons that are more funny than anything else is called the living martyr. I got a story for you folks. <laughs> I, 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 what am I going to say? Are you ready? I, I do that a lot. I say, are you ready? <laughs> I analyze my own, my own thought. Why am I saying, are you ready? I assume you're ready. But I say, I, I, are you ready? Because I'm about to say something that you should steal yourself. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I say, are you ready? Okay. Gender, this is from, this is from uh, Fox News. Gender studies professor, I don't know if you saw this one, claims combating obesity is fat-phobic. Have you seen that? I've seen a lot of stories like that. Fat-phobic. Yeah, sure. So, I, I want to say, as someone who can lose weight, I am fat-phobic. Just, just for the record. <laughs> I see. Let's see now. A Canadian... Oh, yes. So, there is a contest, my friends, which is as interesting as anything in the Olympics between Canada and the United States for the sickest of the sick in terms of leftism. Who can come up with more sick ideas? By the way, I have decided to use sick as much as evil because I, I do believe that it emanates from sickness. The, the, the desire and, and evil... The desire to have children be given hormone blockers and uh, and surgery uh, to remove breasts or penises or, or the like uh, is sick. Do you know that I got an email from a person who said she was a woman who signed a Ph.D.? I cannot verify whether it's true or not. I believe it, however. So it was a one line, and I, I don't remember. I didn't memorize it, but it was in my mail that she has figured out that I am really a trans man, and I had my breasts cut off at an early age. And an email. Yeah, an email. Yeah, I should have printed it out. So, would you say that, that that woman who wrote that, if indeed it is her, or not a man masquerading as human, but I, I, I assume it is, the, do you think that that's sick or just evil? No, I think it's sick. It's sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. A Canadian professor who specializes in fat studies. Do you realize how much money universities have? What is that? Do you, re- I'm, you say, what is that? Okay. Do you realize how much money universities have that they have fat studies? This is, we're not talking in the biology department or medical department. Just studies of fat as a social phenomenon. Claim that aiming for an obesity-free future was fat-phobic. So that's true. And as I said, I have fat-phobia. And as I said, I mean, it applies to me. I got a, I got a belly. 
Had one since I was a kid. Otherwise, I'm in great shape, but I have one. I don't like it. I'm fat phobic. Fear of fat. Phobia is a fear of. Yes, I fear fat. I fear fat for me. I fear fat for the population. Blasted the biopolitics agenda as an attack on fat people. Fadi Shanuda is an associate professor at the at Carleton University in Canada. But listen to this. I again, I'm going to maybe I'll drop. Are you ready? I assume you're ready. I may change it to. Are you prepared or? Are you seated? <laughs> Are you driving? At the Feminist Institute of Social Transformation. At, that's, a, that's an institute at Carleton University in Canada. The Feminist Institute of Social Transformation. So I got a question for you. Wait, this is a feminist medical school? No, wait. Carlton's a big school. Okay, all right. Oh, I, I have enough. I, I, I'm telling you, it's endless. Today, the, the, the richness of, of idiocy today is beyond belief. Okay, so she's a professor there. Shenouda, quote, draws on feminist new materialism, unquote, to examine the intersections. Uh, now I know she's on the left. They're into intersections between fat studies. Oh my God. Oh my God. I couldn't, I, I really know the left. I couldn't have come up with this. She studies the intersection between fat studies and colonialism, racism, and queer and transphobia. That's a lot of intersections. Good point. Excellent point. So we are fat phobic, meaning we would like to see people lose weight. And and therefore, that is intersectionalized with colonialism. It's a roundabout? I don't quite follow Oh, it's a roundabout, not an intersection. So I'm trying to figure this out, because I know the left, the left-wing brain, but I can't. What is the intersection between fat phobia and colonialism? That's eh, 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 eh. Sixty-four thousand dollars. I will give you that amount of money, and, uh, and even I would be stretching to do that. But I have that money set aside. That's, that's, it's easy. It's easy to answer that? Okay, answer it. Give him the microphone. No, no, no. Uh-oh. You don't need the microphone? Okay, he doesn't want the microphone. Colonialism, Colonialism intersects, with everything. intersects with everything. I don't accept like- it. Okay, it intersects with everything. Okay. Does it intersect with bubble gum? Of course. Of course. Okay, fine. All right. Who brought bubble gum into, Who bubble gum into Colonial- India? He's so, so true. Exactly. What what would uh, what, what what let's see what, give me another place uh, what what would West Africa which was all colonialized be without bubblegum okay 
All right, so you don't know and I don't know. Because we can't argue that, like, the Brits did not bring fat phobia into India. Indians are not known for being fat. Right? They were known for being quite thin because when the Brits were there, Indians were, were thought of as very poor as a general rule and thin. Okay. The Critical Disability Studies scholar wrote that it was fat phobic to have a public health conversation and to tamp down on obesity. So, my friends, this is really important. Oh, here it is. It's a, it's a man, Fadi Shanuda. And from the picture, it, it, it does look like Dr. Shanuda is overweight, which is not shocking, but I didn't know what to expect when I was. I didn't know if it was a man or a woman. By the way, I want you to know I would not be surprised if 20% of college students would agree with this, that campaigns against being overweight is a function of bigotry and is a phobia. I have no doubt that at least 20% of students would agree. You know why? I'll tell you when we come back. So we have a professor here in Canada fighting fat phobia. And I said to you that I believe 20% of American students would agree, don't say fat is bad. Nobody says fat people are bad, just fat. So what you're doing, like you're doing with the trans policies for kids is hurting people. In fact, I would say that every left-wing organization, I think feminism has done terrible damage to women. The NAACP has done terrible damage to blacks. Uh, The ADL is worthless at this time. It's become a left-wing organization. It's worthless in fighting anti-Semitism. It probably has increased anti-Semitism more than diminished it. I don't know of any left-wing organization that has done any good for the group that it is speaking on behalf of. This is an amazing thing when you think about it. You can get paid a good salary to say something so so stupid that we should not uh, in any way try to get people thinner. Fat phobia. Okay. I got to look up this uh, institute, though, at Carleton University, the Feminist Institute of Social Transformation. Wow. I think they should invite me to speak. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, I'm sure. They, they... No, no, you're sure they won't, but no, I mean, sure. <laughs> they're thinking, yes, they're thinking about it, of course. Yeah. What's, what's our next uh, story of the absurd times in which we live? Well, this is worse than absurd. This is actually frightening. Chase Bank shuts down accounts for Dr. Joseph Mercola's companies. 
J.P. Morgan Chase is shutting down accounts for companies owned by prominent COVID-19 vaccine critic Dr. Joseph Mercola. It's from the Epic Times, a great source of news. The primary accounts for several Mercola-owned businesses, including Mercola Market, are being shut down this month, according to notices reviewed by the Epic Times. Quote, financial institutions have an obligation to know our customers. Whoa. Wow. That's a bit scary. So if they know you and you're not on the left, they may just cancel your account. Remember they did that to the truckers in Canada? I was discussing this whole issue with my producer. The instant amnesia about the damage the left has done so that the head of the National Education Association could actually say, oh, we never advocated for closing schools. We wanted them open. Because truth is not a left-wing value, and you can't get to the left of any teacher's association. That's as far left as you get. So what people are forgetting, like what happened in Canada with the bank accounts, to the bank accounts of the truckers, who didn't want to be mandated to get vaccines. Financial institutions have an obligation to know our customers and monitor transactions that flow through our customers' accounts, the notices state. After careful consideration, we decided to close your account because of unexpected activity on these or another Chase account. What the hell does that mean? Unexpected activity. What does that mean? Accounts for Mercola, CEO Stephen Rye, Mr. Rye's wife, Chief Financial Officer Amalia Legaspi, and Mrs. Legaspi's husband and Mrs. Legaspi's son are also being closed. The account holders are being given, or were given, till August 11th to move funds to another institution. Wow. Anthony Anessi, a Chase vice president, told Mr. Ryan a voicemail that he asked for the reason and was told for legal reasons they cannot tell me while they're closing the account. Is that unbelievable? Wow. Is Chase particularly awful or, or is it irrelevant now? It's irrelevant. Irrelevant. Except they are the biggest bank. They're the biggest bank? Wow. Folks, this may be our future. Just like in China, where you get social credit. They know what you buy, they know what you sell, they know where you go, and if you're not loyal, if you're not a goose-stepping sheep, you can lose your bank account. What a shame on Chase. Yep, probably. Anyway, you should try to get in, use small banks to help them out. President of the United States is the only person I've ever said who was president who was a despicable human being. There is almost no day that I do not have a reinforced belief so, of course, there was this awful shooting, a guy with uh, swastikas on his, uh, on his gun. Uh, 
murdered three black people. Then they killed himself. Actually, I would have preferred that he be executed by the state, but who knows? So many states don't have capital punishment. We must refuse to live in a country, this is what this demagogue in chief said, the president, where black families going to the store or black students going to school live in fear of being gunned down because of the color of their skin. Is that really what is happening in America, you liar? You demagogic, despicable, low-life liar? That is what is happening? White supremacists are gunning down blacks all over the country? God, is he despicable. The left foments hate like you breathe air. By the way, a happy notice, once again, for the 16th year, I believe it is, I will be conducting the high holiday services of the Jewish religion, the Jewish high holy days of New Year and Day of Atonement, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and people of all faiths attend. They're quite meaningful, and if you go to DennisPrager.com, cite it on the show, you can find out info, or just go to PragerHighHolidays.net, PragerHighHolidays.net. I'm going to be sad when August ends, because then I won't be speaking to young people affiliated with PragerU every day like I do now. I know I know from reactions of people, they love it as much as I do. Jacob Ayers and he'll tell me if I pronounced his name incorrectly, E-Y-R-E-S, is 24 years old. He's a member of Prager Force. He's English. He's speaking to me from England. And we have uh, Prager Force members all over the world. Remember, of our billion views, over 65% are people under 35 years of age. Jacob, welcome to the Dennis Prager Hi. Show. Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's Jacob Ayers. Um but it was a good it was a good try. It was a good try. That is hilarious. It was a good try. <laughs> Let me ask you what could I have said that you would not have said it was a good try? Smith? Eeries. Yes, had I said Smith. Oh, Eries. <laughs> so is that the most common error, Eries? Thankfully not, but I've I have heard it before. Um, so let me let me get it right. It's airs, as yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, as. I'm not I'm not being cute. I I, I do want to pronounce it the way you do. Oh a- no no no, that's, as, yeah, yeah. as as It's not easy to <laughs> to change accents. Anyway, Jacob, it is a, is a delight. You're on the east coast of England. Are you near? Uh, let me see. Uh, Southampton? No, no. Southampton's in the bottom. Are you near a uh, Harwich? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Southampton's actually where I'm from um, originally. That's where I was born. Um, Why did you move? Uh, I got a job up on the East Coast uh, building puppets. Um, and that's Is that your I... job now? Yeah, yeah. So I build um, You build puppets? puppets? They... Yes, yeah, yeah. You so know I... that I have been broadcasting 40 years. I have <laughs> not been able to talk to a puppet builder. <laughs> 
Well, first time for everything. <laughs> that that is correct. All right, so you are, I presume, of the conservative uh, outlook. You have a conservative outlook on life. Yes, yeah. I was raised um, in a Christian family, so that's sort of where most of my values come from. Um, and then that's developed into sort of a Christian political outlook, a conservative political outlook. How uh, how alone are you in your generation in England? I think I've got good connections um, with others, so I don't feel as alone. And being a Christian, sort of, I mix with a lot of people who sort of share the same outlook on life through the church and stuff like that. Um, But it's definitely when you sort of step out of those sort of bubbles, definitely um, quite alone. Um, Yes, quite alone, I would think. Exactly. Do you want to get married? mm. Yes, yes. Is it it hard? You're actually what? Eventually. Oh, eventually, not actually. I thought I actually have somebody. So is it hard to find a woman to date? given your values um yes yeah it's um you've got to sort of be careful where you're looking haven't you um you can't just drop on the same dating apps everyone else uses because you'll end up with someone who's been who knows where um and with who knows how many people um oh i see so you're you're referring to a sexual experience now it- well, and and just and and just dating, and like you don't know, you, um, if you wanted, if you wanted to find someone who wants to wait to marriage or something. Right, I um, see. Well, that I assume that could be established, and I'm being quite serious, just by mentioning it on the first date. No? Yes. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Are you on a dating app? Um. Yeah. There's this um a good Christian um dating app. In but, um, in in in, uh, in the UK. Yeah, it started in the UK. I think it's just launched in America, actually, but it's um, it's in the UK predominantly. So, wh- when did you discover PragerU? Um, All right, you'll tell me. You know what? You'll tell me when we get back. Forgive me, because we got a commercial. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.